Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to welcome to Buckeye BS. I was about to cough. Welcome to Buckeye BS on the Best Damn Media Network. What's going on, fellas? What's going what up, on? What's going on? What up? Holidays. Yeah, happy Memorial Day weekend, obviously, and um, hard to go out to all the vets who've uh, done what they needed to do and keep us safe. All that good stuff. Let's not forget it. But just wanted to ask how y'all weekend was going. Anything, anything good? It's a three day weekend. We haven't had one on the yeah, show yet. Man, I went to we a do. crawfish bowl uh, yesterday. Man, took the kids over there. It was just a good time playing baggo and everything. Man, just enjoying good, uh, great times with great friends. Uh, I just like to correct you. I work for a glorious company that is so gracious to give us off a Friday and the federal holiday. So Ooh, it is a four day weekend for your boy Ron over here and all federal holidays. And like you said, uh, thank you to all those people that, you know what I mean, gave the greatest sacrifice for this country. And we appreciate you on this day. How about you, Cam? How's your weekend going? Uh, weekend's great. You know, um, <laughs> Indy 500. Uh, going to be linking up with the Mad Hatter today. Uh, wish me luck. We're going to be getting a lot of lies live in person. So let's get the show started. Make sure you Shout get out. those on record, too. Yeah, oh, I got man. you. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Hatter. Have any of y'all boys done the Indy 500 before? Cam, is this I your have, first one? Uh, Chris, yeah, me. I'm going to be uh, – this is my first one. I mean, Chris, Chris Drew out here. Mad Hatter out here, so I'm. I should get the camera out today, bro. It's gonna be one of them ones. The Indy 500 is one of the most underrated sporting events you can attend. So if you have an opportunity, make sure you take advantage of that. It is a great time. Absolutely. Yeah, we we got to play the link up next year because I, I feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> Ron been already. Your mic is bike. So <laughs> EDM concert in the Snake Pit, all that. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, I was jumping to it. It was good to see. It's good to see. We'll see y'all in the chat. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of stuff we wanted to talk about today. Um, we were gonna rank the staff, so that should be fun. But I'm gonna jump into some stuff before that. So first, let's talk about this um Kevin Warren debacle, obviously. So Big Ten lost a lot of money. Oh, I thought because... you was talking about that fitty hat on the other day. Or that nah, was Gene in the bad fit. <laughs> Gene looked like he was going to Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, he was chilling. He was chilling with, chillin with steel too much. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, so the Big Ten obviously lost a lot of money, and this is just an overall reflection on Kevin Warren's obviously job as Big Ten commissioner. But this now affects, you know, all the schools of Big Ten, including our school, and how much money we're going to make per year. Just want to get overall thoughts. I'll start with Mike. Uh, is this just like, man, here's another one, or is it like, ah, it's water under the bridge? No, I mean, here's another one. I mean, uh, I think it's crazy that athletic directors and presidents from Big Ten schools trusted Kevin Warren. I mean, we couldn't even trust him when he said that it was a vote. People were actually going to sue the Big Ten. You know, this was back in 2020, and we knew he was lying. I mean, Big Ten lawyers said, if this goes to court, the Big Ten's in trouble. So how could you trust this man who's – a known liar talking about 2020 wasn't safe, but it was allowing his son to play. Like this is just this 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 is just terrible. Um, I feel like this, you know, sets my people back on a commissioner because it, this was a <laughs> this, this is a terrible example, bro. I, I, I mean, I don't literally. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Mike. I, I, I mean, it was a bad decision for the Big Ten. 
Uh, apparently, Mike thinks it said black people All back. Right, it was you, such a bad decision. If you think that nobody's <laughs> going to think about this, if you think that nobody's going to think about this the next time they hire, you're crazy to me. We going back just to saying. Jim Crow for hiring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We gave one a chance. We Never did. again. He effed up. Uh, go ahead, man. Rob. No, um, Cam said in the chat earlier he thinks that uh, the Big Ten might have worked to resolve this, but I believe the initial reports were something like a $40 million loss uh, if they were to try to switch this up. So, I mean, it, a loss of that magnitude is just unacceptable, especially if you're supposed to be the leadership of the conference. And especially when, you know, a lot of the talk when we talk about Big Ten commissioner and the conference <laughs> as a whole moving forward, it's from a financial perspective and what is best for us financially. So to fumble a potential bag like that, um, that would have been horrible. And you know what I mean? He already has a uh, checkered past as far as, you know, the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know what I mean? The whole 2020 season. So you think as he's on his way out the door, he would have, you know, a little bit, a little bit more of a rosy memory having signed this massive deal, but then you find out, nope, still found a way to fuck that up too. So, you know, that's disappointing that he couldn't sneak out the door without a little uh, smear on his resume. But Cam, you want to clean it up for us and let us know how the Big Ten resolved this issue? Do you have any background on that? Um, I don't, I don't have any like concrete evidence or anything like that, but I just saw from a couple of accredited accounts on Twitter that apparently the commissioner, um, figured out a loophole or got a deal done with NBC, uh, regarding their, uh, primetime games, like what they want to do. Um, they got Michigan state to move their game to Ford field and they're going to be playing primetime November. We're going to be playing Michigan state in November. Um, so um, basically, like the root of the issue was they wanted Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State to play um, November night games. And I guess all three of the institutions said, hell no. But Penn State and Ohio State came around and was like, all right, we'll do it. And, well, you know, the other guys. So you're telling me only Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State were, you know, finally came around and was like, well, hey, we'll do this? Well, you know, like they wanted to. Well, that we're the, they're the biggest draw, right? So, I mean, as far as viewership goes in the Big Ten, it's I'm pretty sure it's Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, and they were wanting to say, like, hey, like, what what is the value in our deal if we can't get these four schools to play November primetime games, right? Um, so the that was like what the basis of the argument was but like when you talk about expansion and things like that that's why they want to expand to the east coast so nbc can have more primetime games and big noon kickoff can't have um basically all the good matchups so if they get a florida state if they get a clemson or somebody like that it's like okay you can have michigan penn state on a big noon kickoff we'll still be able to get a florida state michigan state or we'll still be able to get a clemson notre dame or something like that so that's why um they're working diligently to um, expand um, the uh, the Big Ten for that reason. And the NBC's interested in the East Coast. So. Shout out to the three out of the four schools that's, you know, hold, holding it down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, man. And actually, um, well, first off, yeah, I, I, I'm with y'all. I'm not mad as usual. Man, we need that money. We need some new facilities, man. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Penn State put up a new tunnel. Uh, I haven't seen much else, but I've been on this complaint. But schools across the country have been putting up new facilities. So anytime we lose money, I'm like, come on, man. I need, I need a new shoe. I need a new Woody. As the person that lives in Columbus, I'm going to tell you right now. Cap. They are 
probably going to build another massive hospital or something like that before we ever get a new movie. So you live in Columbus? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I figured that. It's just, it's just, I'll be out here dropping Addies now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Kev, you, you touched on something that I actually want to talk about next, right? So, this whole thing is money, and obviously expansion is involved. And um, I don't think we've talked about this, but we're at, what, 16 now? So if we were to go to 20, which teams would you want to add? So that gives you four teams to add. Um, Ron, I will start with you. Take a second if you need to. Which four teams would you add to get the most value out of the Big Ten and obviously expand um, our recruiting prowess and all that? I would I would take Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Duke. I want the academic prowess of Duke. I want the best rivalry in football. I want the best rivalry in basketball. And if you bring that to the Big Ten, I think those would be the my favorite four to see join the Big Ten. I feel like bringing in the academics of Duke and having the Duke-UNC rivalry on the basketball side would be great for the conference, as well as adding uh, powers like Clemson and Florida State would do great things for football. So if I could have four, those would be my selfish four. Okay, so you're thinking multi-sport. Mike, I'll go with you next. Who would be your four? Man, you know, uh, football football is king when you're talking about revenue and uh, – I mean, I would I would want to bring in, uh, uh, like uh, he said, a Florida State. Um, who else is building over there on that side, man? A North Carolina. Uh, but the thing about North Carolina, if we bring North Carolina, we got to bring Duke. So, and I'm also factoring the way the Big Ten likes to do with the TV revenue. Because obviously, you know, Rutgers, Maryland wasn't prestigious in football, right? Yeah. But they went and got that for the TV revenue market. So when you're talking about that, let's go ahead and add a Georgia Tech so we can get that market as well. So we got the Florida market. Now we got the Georgia market. Let me go ahead and get a, a Texas school um, like a TCU or a Baylor. Um, you know, I, I honestly believe the Big Ten needs that. And golly, the fourth one is a tough one, man. Uh, I mean, Miami fans been talking a lot of stuff about, you know, they could win the Big Ten Conference. So let, let's just go ahead and bring them up, even though they never won the ACC. So let, let, 20 let's years see. in a conference, they ain't yeah. won that, but they're going to come to a new one and uh, win. I mean, right. I, I would just love to humble them and show them it's actually harder than the conference you've been playing in. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cam. My four. Um, <laughs> spiritually, I don't like them, don't want them. But financially, I think that um, priority number one is getting Notre Dame to join. Um, it would be Notre Dame and um, Clemson will be my number two because we don't really have a second in conference rival on it. Like if you think about it, and uh, I feel like Clemson is our number two ops um, at Ohio State, hands down. So I would want Clemson. And then for my other two, it's really a toss-up between Florida State, Miami, or like a Oregon and Washington. You know what I mean? It's like, um, as far as like, um, like market-wise, like what we want to do, like Florida State, Florida State and Miami would be great, but mm-hmm. Oregon is the better football program and a bigger brand. 
um, but they don't bring that market that they want, I guess. Like the right. PNW is not as valued as Florida. So I don't know. I think I would go with uh, I think I would go with Florida State and then uh, Miami okay. for, my, for my number two for my last four. So uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, Miami. All right, y'all had a good lot of good ideas. Um, when I was thinking of this, I'm like, damn, there's probably really six I would want to pull in. But if I had to limit four, well, Notre Dame could fuck off because they've had plenty of opportunities <laughs> to jump in, and they've just they've just bullshitted. So I'm not gonna count them, even though that would probably be best. So I'm looking at give me Florida State and Miami. Mm-hmm. That right there, we get into Florida, we get that recruiting area, we get obviously the viewership. If you know they ain't out partying. We could bring them in. I think it would do wonders for the Big Ten and obviously allow a lot of teams to recruit there. Um, still one from Mike, give me Georgia Tech. Having having that Georgia school, it opens up a lot of kids as they start to come up here versus just the one or two Ohio State may get every now and then. So I think that would be massive. And then give me TCU. It puts mm. right in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. A lot of talent out there. So this is strictly based off of open up recruiting and teams that are – either pretty decent or should be at least decent with the with the area they're recruiting in. So counting out Oregon and Notre Dame, those would be the – if they had six, I would grab those other two. But I don't think those would help us as much. Well, Notre Dame would, but what the other think, ones would put us well on a pedestal as far as recruiting goes. What do you think about adding, like, an elite program from the PSAC, like uh, Slippery Rock? Yeah, obviously. Give us Slippery Rock in there, then we'll take Notre Dame, and we've took over the North. I feel, like, I feel like if we're going to um, get a school from the PSAC, you should get the one that produces the most NFL talent by far. So uh, I think okay. we should go with Cal U. So let's do that. These uh, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're, 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 we're good on the Pennsylvania market. We're good. <laughs> 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 Help Penn State fucking line it up with Silver Rock. See what happens. Hey, Battle for the state. We got, we got these mid-majors like Penn State in here. We, we ain't got slippery. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, failing off of that, um, I just wanted to ask your ideas. But let's jump into this ranking coaches. So I will pass over to Ron, go to introduce it, and let's get into it. So for today's show, we are going to rank the assistant coaches on staff for Ryan Day staff right now. And we're going to go through each coach on staff that fills one of the 10 assistant roles. And – we are going to rank them 1 to 10, and we're also, before we get started, uh, we're going to grade Ryan Day's staff as a whole real quick. So if you guys had to give Ryan Day's current staff a letter grade, what would you boys give it? Mm. Start with you, Cam. Mm. Um, if I had the grade staff, I mean, right now I'd have to do like a, a B minus because um Jim Knowles is kind of in limbo with me because it's like I knew that he was dealing with absolutely garbo niggas last year on the, in the secondary and I know I I could see the vision when he was calling plays it's like oh like these niggas can't stop this blitz but then like Cam Brown's gonna give up an 80 yard touchdown so um I'll say like a B minus. I think that we were it, it, we didn't really get a real look of what we were capable of as far as coaching last year, could due to um, players not just being good enough. So, so a little follow up question, and the uh, Mike and Q, you both can answer this as well. What do you think the required grade is for a staff at Ohio State? What do you think it should be if we're competing at a national championship level? The bare minimum. What does the standard need to be? A or A plus? 
Yeah, I would say <laughs> I would say B plus A minus. It's kind of hard to have an A staff just because it, it should be expected at Ohio State, but it's the fact that coaches get pulled so so quickly that sometimes it's like Jeff Halfley in and then he's out, and it's like, well, damn, we had we got one, but we couldn't keep him here at least two years to be prepared for him to leave. So, but I think it's probably B plus A A minus. But since I'm already talking, I'll say. My grade for the current staff, I would put it a B minus. I'm right with Cam. Um, not too much. I would change. Obviously, coaches need to level up and perform better. But I can see this staff. If I had, if I looked at this staff and like, ah, how many changes would I really make? Maybe one. To be honest, and I can talk about that later. But um, <coughs> yeah, right so so me, the way I'm gonna look at it is, is like, how's the staff? You know, how would I grade the staff on the offensive side, right? And then how would I grade the staff on the defensive side? It's how I, I kind of went about this. So, like, if I'm going to grade our offensive staff, man, I honestly, like, I have to give them an A, right? But if I'm going to grade our defensive staff and just what they've done on the field, what they have done in recruiting – uh, I, I have to probably go with like maybe a, a C, a C plus or a B minus. So I think that overall grade, it, it, it'll bring me to a, uh, I say a, a B, a B to a B plus, right? It's how, it's how I look at it as, and you know, I know all the talks about, you know, Jim knows, um, but like Cam was saying, you know, he, he, he was calling some good plays. We just did not have the guys who could actually execute it to a high level, right? And I think his biggest issue and the reason why he didn't know that those guys could execute the way he wanted to because he's just like, oh, I'm at Ohio State. All these players should be better than Oklahoma State, right? But actually there were some guys that should have been actually playing at Oklahoma State. So he didn't – his issue was not going back and looking at the previous film because I, I understand why he didn't want to do it. But if he did that, he would have understood what these guys can and can't do. So, you know, the whole staff as a whole, B, B plus. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I'm at a B minus for this staff. And it's mainly because as we'll get into it, as we start talking about some of these coaches, I feel like we're all over the board as far as what some people do well and what some people are struggling with. We have some guys that are performing on the field and we know that they're great in their room with their guys with the development and then they're missing on the recruiting trail or sometimes you know what i mean they're great on the recruiting trail but we're not seeing as much performance so um i think we'll start with i think it's probably going to be the consensus number one for everyone do does anyone have someone different than brian hartline as their number one coach on the support staff right now quick question are we not are we not ranking ryan day no, we're going to go with okay. the 10 assistants. Yeah, because yeah, I put day number one. Yeah, I put day number one. <laughs> <laughs> what I did, day was number one. So, I mean. Um, well, after that, yeah, I will say Heartline. Obviously, he's doing it on the field. He's doing it on the recruiting trail. Um, I don't think we can really ask too much more. I mean, I think his wide receivers can get better at a little bit. Maybe the one – criticism i could have for hardline is just making sure we have that dynamic player that kind of adds a mix and it's more of a i know we run an nfl style but it's more of like a college role of having just that shifty maybe used to play running back or some just playmaker who can just catch a catch a slant and just make a few guys miss and be out i feel like we haven't seen very much of that 
since he's been around, but that may be the only criticism. What about you, Cam? Um, I'm gonna go with number one. I'm gonna go with uh, I mean, I you gotta go to Heartland, obviously, but at the same time, it's like he's the OC now, so um, his evaluation is gonna be changing because his role has changed. So, so I mean, like, Mike, you seem to be in agreement with that. Do you think? Uh, do you think just wide receiver recruiting? Uh, we'll be able to carry Brian Hartline at the top of the food chain for our assistant coaches, or is there something that you need to see out of Hartline this year as the offensive coordinator for him to remain in that spot? Yeah, for him to remain in that spot, what I need to see is um, rotation of the wide receivers, as we, you know, saw. Uh, uh, you know, we we thought, like, we, we was watching in the head, like, Mecca looks slow. Like, these guys had dead legs and everything. I want to see him rotating. And, uh, you know, like Q said, though, having those uh, guys in space, I believe we had them, right? But we did not rotate them and allow them to get on the field. So, and now they, 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 end, up, they end up transferring out, like a Mookie Cooper. I think he was one of those guys, but he ended up transferring out because we didn't rotate him. Uh, you got to uh, – Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, that's what ends up happening. Um, so that, that that's where I want to see him grow is rotating these players because also what that does, what people don't realize, like our wide receivers, all of them were first year starters and they didn't really get much clock. Like Marv didn't get much clock until the Rose Bowl, right? But he should have got way more clock in all them blowout games that we had. So, so staying on the offensive side of the ball, um, the next coach that we're going to talk about is Josh Fry. Where do you have him? Um, ranked with the position coaches let's start with you q um yeah justin fry uh for me justin fry my bad uh, yeah, i think you said <laughs> i said john um, josh fry or justin fry yeah, dude, every every, every time hey, hey, <laughs> hey um yeah um give me some feedback on the chat i would put him three right now mm. i think I think obviously he came in and did probably just as good of a job as you can do, but I think he was also gifted a returning kind of. We already knew he was going to have two good tackles. I think I think that was that was a given. Did we know that? Yeah, I mean, I thought that mean. I mean, was Dewan Jones really going to be bad in anyone's eyes? If he was, was did you think Dewan was performing before he got there? I thought Dewan played inconsistent. But at times he played at a high level, and I thought he was going to be more consistent last year. Obviously, building on what he did the year before, so I wasn't going to be like, "Oh, it's going to be a train wreck at right tackle." I was and like, you oh, have to X. think about it. Dewan did push Thayer inside. They felt such a need to get him on the field that they moved our starting left tackle for two years yeah. to guard. Yeah. So I mean, kind of knew he was going to be what he was. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of knew who the old line was going to be last season, or at least I did for the most part coming in. So, but I think he did a solid job with it. Now, let's see. Now he's been given a, a terrible deck of cards to kind of work with and kind of reshift his offensive line. So, right now, I mean, for me, he's, he's probably third on this list, but he's he's really pushing it. It's, it's kind of a toss up between him and Alfred, but I've seen more for Alfred. So, that's where I would have him. So, you have him at three? Yeah, I have him at three on mine. What about you, Cam? Um, I'd say, I'd say three, three is a good, three is a good spot for him. Um, like you said, I got, I, I think I got Tony Alford above him just because 
Um, it's pretty much been plug and play down down the roster at running back last year, so everybody was prepared. Um, so I got him at three. Three's good. Three's a good spot. And how about um, you, Mike? Yeah, I got uh, Justin Fry at four of all the position groups. Um, yeah, he's going to be behind Tony Alford. Uh, but what Fry did, uh, one thing that we know, our offensive line recruiting fell off under Stud and also development as well because, uh, you know, Stud had some medical issues and sometimes wasn't always able to be in the Woody. But what, what Justin Fry was able to do with the talent, I mean, to be honest, to sit here and say that we knew Paris Johnson was going to be Paris Johnson – we didn't because I watched Paris Johnson get cooked all in the spring game. And he even acknowledged how he had a lot of – he had to, you know, put in a lot of work outside of practice and everything to get better. So what he was able to do with uh, Paris Johnson only starting one year at offensive tackle I think was amazing. Uh, and also when you had guys like Dewan Jones go down or um, – uh, Matt Jones go down. The guys who stepped in actually were serviceable and did not hurt our offense. So, I mean, Justin Fry, I think at, at four is uh, – or you guys at three, I can't argue with that. See, I'm going to hold Mike Campbell real quick because he, he was defending Kyle McCord in the spring game, but now Paris Johnson is thrown, thrown to the wolves. <laughs> I mean, I, because, my, because my thing is, do you really think that Ryan Day was looking to see where he could get out of his quarterback in that game, knowing that he's not having two quarterbacks? Like I've said before, you didn't have two quarterbacks competing. What, what What's the main thing that you need to work on? What's offensive line? And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, just remember that, Chad. Just, just, just remember. Man, I, just I, that I remember that. Right there. I'm just putting so, it up. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so go, you guys, you guys convinced me to take Josh Fry off my list and put Justin Fry on there since he's actually on the staff. But I had, I had him at two coming in. But the more and more wow. I think about it, the reason why I was holding it against Tony is because some of the big recruiting misses that we've seen, we didn't really, uh, we didn't get it back in last class. Um, we didn't, uh, we missed on Bijan. So those are like two pretty big misses. But we did get Travion, we did get Mayan, and you look at the way the the uh the backfield is settled now and that room is loaded whether he's hitting on the five stars or not one through five <clears throat> we have five beyond capable big 10 running backs in our room and i mean i think that's something to say if you're not hitting on the top guys to still have a room with that much depth especially with the injuries that we saw last year so i think you guys might have talked me into tony at two and justin at three do you guys have anything extra you want to add on tony um, um, you guys all yeah, are consensus I mean, Tony at two right now. I mean, yeah, Tony, Tony's my guy, man. What what Tony, what Tony was able to do um, with guys who weren't as highly rated, you know, like uh, Dallin Hayden, for him to take that true freshman and have him ready. Let's not just talk about that, but how many true freshmen has Tony Alford in his tenure? actually have had them ready when whoever was supposed to be the starter or the backup, like, and, and that freshman goes off, you know? I want to say, like, the only the only problem or issue that I've ever had with Tony was maybe the Master Teague thing, but I, I, I can't see any other issue, and then, you know, you talk about recruiting, you know, you miss out on the Bijan or and things like that or whatever, but look what he followed it up with. Yeah, we missed out, and then he followed up with an Evan Pryor, Travion Henderson. So, uh, I mean, shout out to Tony, man. I think he's very underrated by Ohio State fans. 
because I see them on Twitter and on social media going after him. And I don't think he gets uh, enough credit that he should. You guys have anything else to add on Tony? Um, not really. I'll just say again, Mike, he has a running back ready to play. He has a pro every year. And obviously he doesn't get the guys we always want, but he gets guys at least probably every other year or so. So he brings talent in. Can't complain. Cam. Um, I mean, I like, I like Tony Alford. I mean, I guess we've had a, we have had a few misses at running back, um, on a recruiting trail, but I mean, he landed, uh, Dallin Hayden, um, who I think is going to be the cornerstone of the program. So, uh, so that's a take there. <laughs> um, Dallin Hayden's RB one. So let's, uh, according to you and Jay book, um, yeah, running backs and chip. <laughs> so before, we, uh, before we switch over to the defensive side of the ball, we have the newest coach on the offensive side of the ball, coach key. Where did you guys have him ranked? He hasn't done anything. We don't know. You, do you want to know where I have? I have Coach, out of the 10 assistants, I have Coach Key ranked ninth. I understand what he has done in the grad assistant role, but his grad assistant role was more toward uh, wide receivers, and you heard the wide receiver recruits and everybody praising Coach Key. He's in a different position now at tight end, so now this is a whole new reevaluation. I think, uh, you know, uh, He's obviously now that he's on the road. I'm hearing things about what he's doing on the recruiting trail, but I also need to see how how is the tight end room going to develop under him. So I had to put him at at nine because there's not really much to go on with him as a full time assistant. Yeah, pretty much same. I mean, I, he's got a lot of potential. We just, we just got to see it first before we start giving credit. Exactly. I gave him. I put up my five. <laughs> I've had. Uh, I mean, we've heard the way that uh, recruits have talked about him and uh, how great he is on the trail. Um, the fact that you know he's coming out here telling us that he thinks our tight end position should be a receiver that blocks. I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, I like the changes he's already bringing. I like the reputation he already has on the trail. I am significantly higher on Coach Key than the rest of you guys. I know we haven't seen a lot, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've coached Wait. him pretty high. So do you have him five in? Because I know Mike mentioned he had the total staff ranking, which I don't have. I just did. I have one through ball. 10 for the assistants. Yeah, I, have I have him one through at 10. 10. I mean, I have him at five. Have him at five. Well, okay. I would, yeah, I would be more with Mike. <laughs> All right, let's, let's. <laughs> what about you, Cam? <laughs> Where's Coach Key ranked for you? <laughs> Um, I guess I'll go with nine. I mean, he's, yeah, he hasn't. We haven't seen him coach. Like, I mean, him and Hartline, like, you know, they gotta go be at the bottom right now because I mean, Hartline ain't called a play. So, like, as far as like, but like, then Cam added in the recruiting and stuff like that. So, I was like, I didn't really think about that. I thought we were. I'm kind of like torn between like how good a recruiter are they and like what do they actually do on the field like as far as the position group. But overall body of work, yeah. Like so, I haven't really seen anything, but I, I from what I'm hearing, he's a great recruiter. Uh, he's a great talent, a talent evaluator. Um, jo, uh, Jelani Thurman is going to be an MFer uh, this year in Columbus as a true freshman. So let's see. I'm excited, but I mean, I really can't put him up there because I haven't seen him do anything. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. I and I forgot a coach. Yeah, you definitely did. Corey Dennis. Where do you guys rank him? 
Yeah, I forgot Corey Dennis too. <laughs> I, did, I did not forget Corey. I double looked at my either. list and I'm like, I, I got, I have Coach Key on here at five and nine. Who am I missing? And I'm, I'm like, like oh, Coach, that's Corey really Dennis. Have I did not. And maybe, maybe I could be falling because I've heard you know people talk about this. I rank Corey Dennis at eight, and it's just to me, he's he's in the shadow of Ryan Day and the quarterback position. When you think about it, you don't think about nobody else. But Ryan Day, not to say like I I don't know what goes on in the Woody uh, that Corey Dennis is doing uh, or anything like that. When I think about QBs in that room, I think about Ryan Day. When you hear about players talking about uh, coming here, they talk about Ryan Day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I mean, I got a uh, Corey Dennis at eight. I had Corey um, Dennis at nine on my list, and it's just I'm a big fan of the Dan Lebetard show, and Stu Gotts is always on. Sh- sh- do it in the playoffs. Do it in the championships. Do it again. I want to see you do it without Ryan Day. Like, Ryan Day is one of the best quarterback coaches that we've seen in college football and developers of quarterbacks. I want to see what Corey Dennis does without Ryan Day bringing in the quarterbacks, without Ohio State's pedigree. And when he brings in these kids, if he did it somewhere else other than Ohio State, I wanted to see if he could produce a first rounder. So I just kind of like how it was with Coach Key. Let me see you do something or what have you done for me lately? I want to see you do it on your own. Corey so. played wide receiver in college, didn't he? Um, I, think, I think, yeah, I think he used to work with wide receivers. Um, I will not hold Ryan Day against Corey Dennis. So if I had to actually put him in this list of assistants, then he would be right behind Alfred because he gets his guys year in, year out. <laughs> so, Regardless if something happens or not, you lose Dylan, you go get air? Like, like what are, like what are we talking about here? Wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. You're not no, you don't get to continue. You no, no, we're not gonna because we gotta correct you. How do we end up with no you had Tony Alfred at two on your list? So you're telling me you have Corey Dennis as the third most valuable coach on staff at Ohio State right now. What knock can you do you have against Corey I Dennis? Gotta, gotta if you take this. Ryan Day out of out of the discussion, bro, this is crazy, bro. <laughs> what what knock can you have? No no bad QB. Yeah, this is an oh, unarguable. Man fact that i'm stating right here you an unarguable fact we can yeah. argue it this is hey this is my Hold fast and point quick question why did Corey dennis movies? end up with you lincoln king hopes Corey dennis let me know why he ended up with lincoln king hopes because he went and got him what do you mean by who was who did he miss on to get lincoln king hopes first of all first of all they were skipping a year <laughs> with the quarterback we all know and they were like, oh, we're going to get this Florida State guy. And then Corey Dennis said, nah, that ain't good enough. Let me let me go and get the West Dakota Heisman. Went out there. What did Lincoln Kingho say? Corey Dennis said, come in, compete. And I said, heck, even if Ryan Day wasn't there, I was going to play for Corey Dennis. I'm not hearing none of that. Wow, but I'm, is- I'm, glad, I'm glad you got that off. <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. So if that's the case, I'm putting him ahead of Fry. Did Corey Dennis even get a raise? Yeah, he did. He's uncriticizable. What are you? What are you criticizing? Bro, He's hold on, hold on. You rank a coach that's getting paid four hundred and twelve thousand dollars. That's even better. 
Look at look at the value <laughs> per dollar, bro. The value, Mike. See, Mike, I didn't hey. even. I, see, hey. hey, Mike, I didn't even do the math on that. He was talking about value picks here. I Bruh. guess, I, bro. Mike, would you he rather pay Ron a dollar fifty and get a dollar's worth of work, or would you rather pay me a dollar and get two dollars worth of work? Which one would you? Which one would we picking here? Bro, man, come on, Ron. Give man, on to the defense. <laughs> We're gonna start with the defensive line, man. This guy has heard all the criticism, and after I would say a disastrous recruiting cycle last year, where do you guys have the legend, Larry Johnson? Mm. Uh, I, I would like to go on this one. Now, I got Larry Johnson at four, and I know a lot of people want to criticize Larry Johnson. It was like, oh, we missed on these recruits or whatever. But, uh, you know, the last class we we missed on because our bag wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, then you saw certain issues. Like, you got all of these guys coming to the team up North game, and then uh, I don't think it was Larry Johnson's fault. I think it was Jim Knowles fault, you know, and they get blurred. Guys leaving at halftime and stuff like that. Um, I think Larry Johnson is amazing, man. What he has done with guys uh, is amazing. Now, also, you know, we talked about how he was getting these little defensive tackles and stuff. We saw him. He's elevating. He went and got a Mike Hall, went and got a Tyleek Williams, went and got a, a K. McDonald. Like, he going and getting a hero canoe. We are seeing Larry Johnson, even though he's getting up there in age, he's still learning and still evaluating. So, uh, I mean, and, and how can to be honest, on the defensive side of the ball, he's the only guy still getting people drafted. So, Yeah, I mean, that is a point there. I am a Larry Johnson apologist. I try to defend him at all times, but I also do understand the criticism. Some of my criticisms are a little bit uh, different. I mean, no, Mike touched on last recruiting cycle being disastrous, but a lot of that did have to do with funding, those edge players were getting paid a bag last year and a bag we did not have. So um, I'm excited to see what Larry does with a bag this year. Um, he's proven himself time and time out. I mean, we did have Jack Sawyer and uh, JTT in the same class. We had Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson. So, I mean, Larry's proven an ability to do it. I hope that it turns into, you know what I mean, the, the stats on the – on the field. So, I mean, hopefully we can see some of those high ranked guys get it done. But for the most part, I'm a Larry apologist. I have Larry at four and in probably years past, he'd be higher than that. But uh, a little bit of recruiting dip last year. We'd like to see more guys in the draft, hoping to see more this year. So I still have Larry at four. How about you, Q? Um, I will put Larry at six. I rewrote my staff to to uh, make sure re reflect all 10 coaches. Um, I would put him at six. Um, I am not so worried about the recruiting aspect because, yeah, he didn't have money to go compete last year. And usually he's brought in good classes and kind of been the the uh, stronghold of the, of the defense when it comes to recruiting. But, but it is still true that what he did last year with the interior defensive line is a fireable offense. It is still a – you telling me you played two undrafted guys who are working at Subway right now in front of two potentially first-round picks? Come on, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Coming to Ohio State is an excellent opportunity to earn on and off the field. And if you come to Ohio State and do not perform, you will use that great Ohio State degree to be a okay. successful. Okay, all right. Hold on. And it's the, the reason why – the reason why he did not work. 
Bro, I do not play Michael Hall because <laughs> Ryan Day does not allow us to know about injuries, and we had no idea that Michael Hall was only freaking working with one arm last year. Nah, and that's not good in the trenches. Up, if you suit up, put him. If he suits up, put Come him in the game. Bro, okay, he, yeah, I will take that back. They're probably working at J.P. Morgan or something or something like that, not at Subway. But well, like Wednesdays, they have us. That is crazy. <laughs> Bottom line, that is a fireable. That offense, is crazy. Bro. You hold he injuries against this man. That's crazy. Maybe three to six, just based off of that. If he does that again, he's got to go. So, Cam, where do you have LJ ranked? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Like like Sue said in, in the comments, like he's got the, the history and a track record and all that. But if we're going off right now, like what Q said, um that rotation was absolutely disgusting last year. Um putting Jerron Cage and Teron Vincent in any type of clutch time situation is definitely a fireable offense. Um I think Larry's kind of fell off a little bit. I don't know. I'm gonna put him like Six, six, five, six, somewhere around that range. I don't know. I, I just we have five stars. Okay, let's see who you got uh, above him. I mean, we're moving he on. He's the only one on the defensive side of the ball, putting guys in the draft. Even though, like, y'all want him to be doing all this, and he ain't even had no defensive coordinator to work with, too. That's crazy. Y'all hold I mean, a lot against I mean, but, Larry, but if you hold on, hold on, Mike, hold on, Mike. Y'all so, hold a lot against Larry. Injuries and a, and crappy DCs against Larry, bro. That's I mean, crazy. I mean, are we blaming? So, so you think so you think that Larry is a hindrance? Uh, you think that Jim Knowles is a hindrance to Larry, or Larry's a hindrance? No, to Jim I mean, because my my, my thing is, is one thing that because I was saying the exact same thing you guys were saying, right? About why is Jerron Cage in there and, and Teron Vincent? But one thing I didn't know until they did the interviews with the coaches in the spring and the players was was uh that Mike Hall was only working with one arm. I mean, Cam, you've played in the trenches. <laughs> you should be out there in clutch situations with one arm. Hey, that's that's on the that's on the freaking the health staff. They get an F for me for what, what Davey's doing, but let's. Uh, I'm we, just, I'm, I, just it, I just think we hold stuff against Larry, bro. That's just crazy, man. Like, I mean, like, like I said, bro. Name another defensive coach. That has been consistent. He's the only one that's able to still be retained on the staff. Bro. I mean, you got to look at Zach Harrison and put that on Uncle Larry's list as like a complete failure. Like he didn't have any pass rush moves. You don't got any type of bag or anything. None of our edge rushers have any type of bag. I ain't seen a double hand swipe. I ain't seen a fucking stab and dip. I ain't seen none of that in Columbus. And the only time we saw that was from the Bosa's, who's obviously training off uh, offline with somebody else. But our pass rush is um leaving a lot to be desired as far as like the certain moves that we use and stuff like that. This dude so, took yeah. a lacrosse player and made him an NFL player who got a second contract. No, he he took a tie he took a Jalen Holmes. He took Jalen Holmes was a top talent, bro. Let's not act like you know. Hold on. Okay. Right, bro. He just dropped like come on, bro. Taekwon Lewis. So, okay. also shout I mean, out to like, for, uh, I mean, for the just, sculptures. Bro. I mean, That's I just think we holding a lot against him, bro. <laughs> yeah, I put him at six. He ain't at he ain't at nine. Like, keep it rolling, wrong. Yeah, let's keep it rolling with the defensive. Let's keep it rolling with the 
So we'll keep it with the front seven. Um, I mean, he's the defensive coordinator, but he's also slash linebackers coach. So Jim Knowles, where do you have him Knowles ranked? I'll start um, with you, Q. Yeah, I'll go first. Hemi Knowles. Um, I actually put Jim Knowles at five. Yeah, I put him at five. So obviously for two reasons. Um, his unit performed spectacularly last last year. As far as much as their talent would take them, that's where they were. And it was a it was such a it was such a craze that Ron was talking about. Tommy's gonna win the Heisman. Comparing that to what he was doing last year, where he might have became a walk-on, um, Jim Knowles went crazy and did a crazy amount of work to get him there. But I do have to hold Jim Knowles accountable for those last. If it wasn't for the Michigan and and um, and Georgia debacle, basically Jim Knowles would be probably you argue almost for like probably two on this list, pushing for one. If it wasn't for those two, but you got to hold those accountable. His position group did play well, but some of those calls at the end would put, put him at probably mid tier on this list. But I have a lot, a lot of hope for Jim Knowles. So I think where, he where you say you got him right. Uh, I put him at five, so he's right behind Justin Fry. I got to jump in there, Q. I have this man at eight because what, bro? The, uh, you could argue that you could pin. Oh, two. I will. I have him at eight. Look, we lost out on a white linebacker. In fucking Louisiana that has a sandwich in his hometown named after Jim Knowles. He spent so much goddamn time down there. We did not land him. Our linebacker recruiting is eh, right now. And two of our losses, I mean, Jim Knowles' feet need held to the fire. And both of them, for as our boy Seaball likes to say, he calls our defense like a nigga shooting dice in Dayton. Like, we need... We need to dial it back just a little bit. And it's just for now, because I think Jim Knowles was a great hire, and I think it's going to work out. But, I mean, between the recruiting and, you know what I mean, some of the play calls, uh, eight for now. Like, we need to we need to see more. And if you're the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the country, it, we have to have more out of you. Right, I will argue back. We don't pay crazy. Jim Knowles $2 million to recruit. Like, yeah, that comes with part of it. But he had to go fix that trash ass defense Whoa, we had before, man, thank and that was far more important. <laughs> than, but like all those other, <laughs> all those other assistants who were getting paid half a million dollars to pull nobody, they could go get me a linebacker. Hell, yeah. I needed him to fix that sorry ass defense, bro. They got a sandwich him. named after this I, man, sorry, and we man. don't have him. Everybody, no, I, everybody always talks about how. Uh, he's gambling on defense and shit like that. Like if you watch the games, like every single blitz nine times out of 10, that he call hit. It's just that we don't have a fucking soul in the secondary that can hold their water for like, 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 for instance, like against Georgia, like when uh, every blitz that he called on that last drive, absolutely hit Tyler Williams got home. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg got home. Uh, Tanner McAllister didn't reroute. He didn't have the hips. Um, um, <clears throat> I'm I'm losing uh, his name, but oh, Lathan Ransom, just in the open field, just getting absolutely like smoked. Like every single blitz that he called, that he dialed up, especially against Michigan. But that what double level of accountability do you have to have for understanding your staff? I mean, I could put uh, a race car driver in my car, but if he's racing against the scat pack, he's gonna fucking lose. Like. It, you have to at some point understand that Lathan Ransom in the slot covering, you know what I mean, the fastest player on Georgia's team 
ain't gonna fucking work. I mean, like you got what? Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, so against Michigan, like, I mean, he's still a coach. You know what I mean? Like, he still has his scheme. He still has the way that he wants to play. And he's at Ohio State, and he's calling a double A guy blitz that's absolutely hitting home. And JJ McCarthy pants and throws an out route. But we have undrafted free agent out there just not understanding football by any means. He gives up an eighty yard out route. Like everything he called is designed to happen. It's just niggas are trash. So it's like, I will. I will I, say. Too, like, I, I, like, I got Jim Knowles at five on here, man, and Cam hit like, hit on a, a lot, like, bro. But did I mean from where our defense was to where he brought it? He doesn't deserve to be at eight. From where our linebacker development has been at. I mean, he inherited all the these same years. Hold on. The, where our linebacker development has been <laughs> the all Ike these concern. years to where it is now, I'm picking Jim Knowles, bro. I mean, see, I get that no credit to Tommy Eisenberg. Luke Fickle left, bro. And uh, like Tommy you said, Eisenberg. He, bro, we've talked Tommy about. Eisenberg. Bro, <laughs> we, bro, we've talked about Jim Knowles, or we've talked about our D-line. He's about to run with that. He's about to run with that, bro. I might have to get that on a T-shirt, Tommy Heisenberg. <laughs> My bad, Mike. I cut you off. All right, we talked about we've talked about how many times our D line guys was just a half a second late from getting to the sack. Not even a full second, just a half a second. But when's the last time we had a DB that could even cover for that extra half a second? We haven't. Like Cam said, the schemes and everything was good. I, like I said, I fought Jim Knows for not what. Like I understand why he didn't watch the twenty twenty one film. It was unfair to the players because that was a crappy defense. The coaching staff didn't know what they were doing. Obviously, the players weren't going to know what they were doing, right? So he did not want to hold that against them. So he, yeah. you don't know Cam Brown or you don't know a, a, a Lathan Ransom can't flip his hips. You don't know that. You didn't get to see Lathan Ransom all spring or uh, uh, summer or fall conditioning because he had just broke his leg. He do been getting mental reps. So I, he I also missed a whole – so that means Lathan Ransom is spring, summer, and majority of fall on development. Yeah, I will add, too, that those safeties – those safeties uh, probably put money on game something because them dudes look like All-Americans for, like, the first eight games of the season. So Jim Knowles was probably like, okay, I can rely on this safety group. And then got to the Hold on, we got it. We got it. We got to fry him for awful. one – for one take, uh, Q, uh, he did say that he came in and didn't watch film from the year before. So that yeah. he probably would have known that Cam Brown and them was garbage. I'm saying if he would have done that. So yeah. all right, like so hip-hop. we just we just hit on the secondary a little bit. Where would you grade our corners coach Tim Walton? Um, I'll be quick so I can jump in and out. Um, I did think the corners got better as the season went on. Um, honestly, I, I felt pretty. I felt pretty negative on on Tim probably early in the season. The corners did get better. He did. Yeah, he didn't fall apart in recruiting, and I felt like he pulled in some good guys. So I'm willing to give him a little rope. Um, but I still do have him behind Perry. So I would put him at, I guess, probably nine, or I guess it would be eight. It'd be eight. It'd be eight, not nine. Sorry. I got. What about you, Mike? I got Tim Walton at seven um, behind Perry, bro. Uh, for Ohio State to have uh, 
wide receivers who just are ranked in the hundreds on I mean to have cornerbacks that's ranked in the hundreds on covering wide receivers is atrocious. I don't even think we had that under Kerry Combs, bro. Um I mean like I said, he didn't have the Jimmys and Joes. There were guys hurt, but that was egregious. Is he making up for it on the recruiting trail? Absolutely. That's why he's not lower on my list. But um that's why I like to have Perry higher. I got Perry higher than him because we are one of the top teams in shutting down tight ends and running backs. Cam, what about you? Um, I'm going to go with <clears throat> Perry Eliano. Uh, We're talking about Tim Walton. Where are you ranking? I'm, I'm about to I'm about to throw them both together because I got you. Both secondary coaches. I got uh, Perry Eliano um, above Tim Walton um, as far as performance right now. But, I mean, they're both like whatever, like, I mean, I, I really – like, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't have guys last year. So, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I don't like the technique that I saw out of my corners. They never – they can't look back and see the ball, but also they just might not have the ability to do so. So, it's like, where do we judge them? You know? Like, I don't know. It's just like – The number like one – the number one corner that went undrafted <laughs> on our team had one of the most unathletic – what is that? Rise scores or whatever that they yeah, do? All like, time. It, it was, was ranked terrible. He was ranked 1,200. So yeah, I have I actually have the opposite. I have Tim uh, ahead of Perry. Um, we talk about BIA a lot, and I know a lot of you guys didn't factor recruiting into these rankings. But I mean, Calvin Sampson Hunt and Jermaine Matthews, I think, are two of my favorite signings in last year's class. I think they're going to be a huge step into bringing BIA back. And then uh, as far as safety play, uh, Perry Eliano, Perry Eliano was. Uh, the person who chose to put Cam Martinez and Tanner McAllister on the field last year. So you will follow my rankings just for those sins alone. Q and Mike, tell us where you have Perry before we get on out of here because there's one coach that needs fired before we wrap this show up. So where Perry do you guys have Perry ranked? You have Perry at six. How about you, Q? Uh, yeah, Perry's at seven, right behind MJ or, or LJ, not MJ, right above Tim. Um, I still think he's coaching the wrong position. I would much rather have seen him at corners. And I said at first, there's probably one change I would make to the staff. And that would be Tim Walton out and bringing in a lead safeties coach like a Jeff Halfley. So that would be probably the one change I would make. And of course, you know, get to your last one. So. So one one quick person that's not on the staff that I want to get you guys on a quick letter grade for Coach Mick at his current point in his career at Ohio State. Just a letter grade. How about you, Mike? And I, I give uh, – I know Coach Mick got a lot of criticism for the past couple of years, man, but uh, after listening to his explanation of it and things like that, I'm just – I'm going to give him an A. Wait, can you fill me in on this explanation? On his explanation, um, you know, during uh, uh, the 2020 season, he talked about how he wasn't able to get uh, his hands on guys – and even going into 2021, because of the restrictions in Ohio, still wasn't able to get those guys. And I mean, because our biggest issue was, was you know, in uh, 2020 and 2021 was why are our guys getting pushed and manhandled and things like that. But um, I mean, I don't I don't see nothing wrong with uh, what Coach Mick is doing. I think like when we see these guys body transformations, um, he get them guys right, and he does it within a short a short amount of time. I mean, to see where uh, Sonny Styles was when he first got on campus, to 
where he was within a year was just crazy to me. Um, I would say I would say C. Um, oh, I'll put him at average. My thing is, and I mean, obviously, it's great on Ohio State standard of who we should have in strength and conditioning. Um, it's just Coach Mick does the stuff well. He gets guys built up well, but athleticism isn't really built on lifting weights. Like, there's so much more you can do now to train athletes, and I just don't feel like Ohio State one puts the resources towards that because it just they don't. It doesn't seem like they use anything that's new in technology. But I'm not gonna hold it all on Coach Mick. But I, I would give him a C. Kim. Um. I give him a C plus. <clears throat> I give him I give him a B plus. I mean, we've seen transformations like mine, Williams, and uh, Dallin Hayden have both transformed their bodies tremendously since they've got to Ohio State. We also see um, our defensive linemen look like they're allergic to triceps. So I don't know what's happening there. So I mean, you see some guys that are fucking ripped to the core. You see other guys that have zero definition in their arms and play defensive line with long sleeves on. So that's fucking infuriating. Um, the last coach on the staff we have is. Parker Fleming, everyone's favorite coach. I knew we had a consensus at one. I would imagine we all had a consensus at 10. Give me your guys' quick thoughts on Parker Fleming before we get out of here, and hopefully he gets out of here just as quickly as we do. I mean, Mike. it's time for him to be gone. I mean, uh, I'd rather have James Laronitis. I mean, what does he do in recruiting? You know, all I hear about, Nothing. oh, he works with DBs. Oh, you know, he does. you have to have a special teams coordinator and all of this stuff, he has to be a smart guy. I don't see nothing smart. I mean, uh, our special teams have just continued to go downhill since he's been a special teams coordinator. Uh, no punt returns. This dude put a walk on back there to fumble a, <laughs> a return. I mean, it's, there's nothing good to say about this. And then the fact that I saw that he got a raise, bro, that's scary, bro. <laughs> what about you, Q? Uh, yeah, I won't give him an F. I'll probably give him a G or an H. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's just – you got to be better, my guy. There's too much yeah. talent here just to not get any returns or anything. But yeah. that's, that's all I got. What about you, Cam? Garbage. All righty, and I think that pretty much <laughs> – Oh, wait, hold on, Ron. Hold on. Um, James Leonidas and Joe Fulton. Two, uh, two new – or I guess the two new staff members. Oh, yeah, we have two new staff members. Uh, we didn't have them a part of our rankings, but we do want to give these hires uh, a grade. We have Joe Philbin as an offensive analyst added to the staff, and we have James Laurinaitis added to the staff. How would you guys grade those hires sight unseen so far? Um, I think the hire of... Uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Q. Okay. Um, just real quick. I mean, from what I hear, I don't know anything about Philbin, but um, from what I've hear, it's an A hire. So I will I will follow the train on that one. And Laurinaitis should have been here a couple of years ago as an A hire. He's going to bring energy. Should be the linebacker coach and move Jim Knowles so he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, I'm all I'm all on board. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I got James Laurinaitis has an A hire. I think he can come in help with that uh, where Jim Knowles lacks in recruiting as well, and then also you know. I'll tell you this. If he showed me that Steel Chambers can shed a block, oh, my God, bro. Like, do need to be, like, 
pay, 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 and on staff. Bro, uh, he's so that, not a miracle tr- worker, bro. bro. Second tree and Buckeye girl. He said, hey, Cancer, that's going to take a mirror. And then uh, Joe on. Philbin, I think that that's an A-plus hire uh, with what Stud left us in the room. You got another guy who can bring in that NFL experience um, and who has worked with lower-level guys. Uh, and you had a Jack, what's Jack Newhart came out to talk highly about him. And then you also have – you're bringing continuity into the staff as well with Brian Hartline. This will help him be able to teach um, and teach Brian Hartline and take a little bit um, of worry off of Ryan Day and off of Justin Fry as well. Cam, what about you? I agree 100% with Mike said. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I give, I, I he, think, he took it right out of my mouth. Yeah, I get I give them both I give those two both A plus hires. I think Larry Nidus brings back the uh Buckeye culture that we need. I always love seeing former players on the staff. I give Philbin an A plus hire, shows an investment in uh in Brian Hartline and developing him as a play caller. I think having a familiar face for him in the building uh is just another uh, aid in his development but we appreciate everyone pulling up for this episode of buck ibs on a memorial day weekend i know cam's itching to get to the race and be with his people at the indy 500 big hat and chris drew are going to be there drunk like sorority girls i hope they're all i know mike he's going to be chefing it up on the grill he's a fucking grill master and i know q he's going to be out in these streets because that's what he does so he's going to be <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be drinking hey. a latte. Cut <laughs> this, this out the show. No, Q's going shopping. Let's be real. Uh, That's exactly what Q goes. But um, before, real quick before we get out of here, go ahead and let everybody know where we can we can find y'all. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at two one six Wild Boy. Hit me up, Cam. You can find me at I Know Things nineteen. Packing up Wolverines on the time daily <laughs> on Twitter. That's it. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, City Boy Quentin. Also, one thing I want to add: Can we get Malcolm Jenkins on this staff? That's just another additional hire. I want to throw that in there. Get him. In Does the, he want to come though? I'm waiting for him to come back. But yeah, City Boy Quentin on Twitter. Uh, fly to Johnson on Instagram and Minor League Films. If you mess with movies on YouTube, Ron. You can find me on Twitter at two underscore T-E-E-S, uh, two T's. You can find me on Twitch at two T's. You can find me on TikTok at two shysties. And you can find us on pretty much every platform at Best Damn Media, TikTok, Twitter, all of that. We got our boy Harry dropping videos on the Best Damn Media Twitter account. So if you want to see some heat, make sure you're following <coughs> that account. And we appreciate you guys showing up. We had a little bit of a... Uh, Delaying the show today for the holiday weekend, but we hope everyone has a safe holiday and we appreciate you guys tuning in to Buckeye BS this week. Thank you guys. Shout out Sue. Shout out Jay Bags. Shout out. Yeah, Steve. shout out everybody in the comments. Yeah. Cam's heavy on the no disrespect to Indiana. This boy is no in the trenches right now.